welcome back to the podcast. This is Capital Stories, where we talk to real people about real issues and explore intersections of life and faith to encourage you in your personal walk with Jesus. And we have some exciting guests with us on the show today. We do. We often talk about Eswatini, the mm-hmm. ministry you hear mm-hmm. us talk about a lot. We send teams there often, mm-hmm. but today we've got some Eswatini coming to us. We, we do. Yeah. Beggy Moza and Greg Mullins from mm-hmm. Adventures and Missions are here, so we wanted to have them on the podcast. We're so excited, Eswatini, if that's a new word for you. Yeah. It's a tiny country in Africa, and way back in 2007, we partnered with kind of a neighborhood community called mm-hmm. the Care Point there. And mm-hmm. we have been, like Eric said, sending mission teams there and supporting that community and building actual structures and yeah. most importantly, building relationships with that yeah. community and with the capital community. Mm-hmm. And now we get to hear about all the post-COVID yeah. exciting things that are happening yeah. there and ways for you to engage and, and right. hear how God's working yeah. in and through the Mkomakati yeah. Care Point. So here is Beggy and Greg on Capital Stories. I was telling Becky a little bit earlier that I, and Greg, of course, that I remember initially talking about and learning about the country of Eswatini and kind of some things that were happening there, Swaziland at the time, Mm -hmm. getting in the mail these 66 profiles with the faces of of children Mm -hmm. because we had decided we were going to go ahead. This was the first time Capital had gone ahead with what we thought would be a long-term partnership check (laughs) here we are in 2022 and laying them out on the cafe tables Mm. and just praying and thinking oh goodness because it's a sponsorship ministry at at heart this part of the connection right please 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 let our people here just just inquire and engage and be inspired Mm. with these little faces to sponsor these children monthly Mm. and that's how things are built right? Mm-hmm. Just kind of with those financial resources. Mm-hmm. And every single one mm-hmm. of those kids were sponsored that weekend. Wow. Uh, all 66. And to this day, every single one yeah. of those kids continues to be and there's sponsored. there's now a few hundred. I mean, a there's 180 something, I think, in yeah. Mkwamukati. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk yeah. about what Mkwamukati yeah, is right. and all of that. But yeah. I will stop talking so we can get a little bit more introduction direct yeah. from our visiting friends. Yeah. And I, I would love to start just to get to know more about both of you, you personally, professionally, like mm. I, we'll talk about our ministry a lot. Folks here will learn about how capital is involved in the, in the Eswatini ministry. But while we have you in town, mm. I want to hear about you. So I don't know if you can start by just, I don't know, maybe giving a brief introduction of who you are and, and maybe some signpost moments of what you see in your life is, is God marking your path to where you are today in this ministry. Becky, here to start? Sure. Mm. Uh, it's great to be here. My name is Peggy Mozart, like I've been introduced, country director for Adventures and Missions, Eswatini. I've been with the ministry for quite some time. I started <laughs> in 2007 mm-hmm. on a part-time basis, and that all captured my heart. I was still in school then at university, but I would come during school breaks to volunteer as a translator and a minister partner for short-term mission uh, teams that were visiting then. And right then, my the Lord captured my heart mm. uh, into reaching out, and he exposed the need so much in my heart that, oh, the people need Jesus even in my neighborhood. Mm. So that became a priority in my general faith, uh, that I should reach out to other people. I shouldn't just wait for people from far to come and reach out to people here. Mm. 
So that was the start of my journey. It was the end of 2009. They asked me if I could join the staff full time as a as part of the discipleship team that was already on the ground at discipling kids at key points. I prayed about that, and the Lord confirmed that this is what I I'd love for you to do. Currently, I didn't make total sense, <laughs> but it is very clear that. You know the professionals that you want to impact are they in the marketplace? Because studying science—that's what I did at university. I was majoring math and chemistry. Mm -hmm. I was—I wanted to venture into the world of science and technology, and uh, you know, but take the love of Christ out there. You know, to people that think they're smart and they know, know <laughs> you know show them that there's Christ he loves them and mm. they cannot just do things you know if mm -hmm. he's not in control of the world because the world we're in the Lord is in control mm -hmm. yeah so the Lord was like the professionals they want to impact are there they are in this group of kids mm. many of them were from different backgrounds different calamities that they've experienced mm -hmm. but as I look at them as God I see mm -hmm. a greatness in them the great things that I want to achieve so I want you to to join me in shaping them and be a bridge that will take them over to where I want to take them mm -hmm. so that was the first call that the Lord had me on so I thought it was going to be for a short time but <laughs> it is one thing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one thing after another and here mm -hmm. we are today yeah. uh, i'm leading the ministry by the grace of god mm -hmm. and it's yeah. he's been faithful mm. thank you greg tell us a little bit about yourself from georgia <laughs> actually from alabama oh excuse yeah. me yeah. whoops that was well, wrong i know I, mm, right time. that's yeah. not the football team we well, nope no. you do the alabama <laughs> no. team yep that's right. okay <laughs> let's make that clear right up front <laughs> but yes we do work with the home office there in gainesville right. georgia mm -hmm. so we are connected with georgia <laughs> um so yeah we my family and i went uh in 2012 uh, we actually got connected through our home church there in Alabama, and uh, they partnered with a care point there as well. We were invited to go on a mission trip, and the Lord provided for our whole family to go. We went that first year, and while we were there, long story short, the Lord called us to move to Eswatini, or move at that time Swaziland. So mm -hmm. we are just having prayer at the Gerber's house one night, and... Um, Creek was praying for more uh, hands and feet on the ground, and uh, the Lord just tapped me on the shoulder, and I, I got that sense of someone staring you down, you know. And I'm, <laughs> so I look around the room, and everyone's praying. I'm like, okay, God, you know, I, I hear you. So, yeah, and then we got home, and, of course, I was a little taken back by that because— <laughs> Um, you know, sure. I was like, okay, God, you know what? I don't know what that looks like. So, <laughs> There's a lot of logistics yeah, in that. Right. So we got home, and I, one day I said, hey, Michelle, uh, we need to talk. And she was like, what? And I was like, so I told her the story, and she's like, you know, I felt that same thing. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay. Let's, uh, <laughs> wow. Wow, yeah. And um, so it was, we were like, okay, God, what are you, what are you saying here? Um, so we just started praying about it and mm. how in the world are we going to move our family to 
Africa, and um, right. our kids are getting ready to start high school. And so the Lord just said, I got you. I was in the fire service for 15 years. You know, I loved the job and thought I'm going to retire here. And God had other plans. And so that was difficult to be obedient and leave. Mm. But I was able to, you know, just trust God. And he, um, you know, just put everything in place for that to happen for us to move. So we moved uh, in 2014 over and uh, lived there until April of 2020 when mm. COVID reared its yeah. ugly head. And then when we got back, we we didn't know, you know, we wanted to obviously still be involved with Swaziland, mm-hmm. with Eswatini. And we're like, okay, God, what does this look like? And um, so then right along that time, Scott, our our director stateside here, he called us and said, hey, I want you guys to pray about taking over child sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And um, then also partner relations, you guys have lived there. Uh, you have the context, and we'd love for you to take over child sponsorship and uh, communicating with partners. And we're like, okay, okay, God. Yeah, so we were so grateful and just so appreciative that the Lord still wants to use us. And um, so we were just, it was awesome. All There again, God worked all the things out, mm-hmm. His timing. Not mm-hmm. our timing. It wasn't our timing to come home in April mm-hmm. of 2020. Mm-hmm. And our timing was the end of 2020. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But he, you know, mm-hmm. he orchestrates Worked and it <laughs> works it out. So, yeah. yeah. I, I want to know more about what mm-hmm. each of you do, but I feel like we need to zoom out and step back for a minute. To just to like, what? Yeah, like, mm-hmm. why Eswatini? Talk to us about this country that not everyone listening knows about. You mm-hmm. know, many in our capital community, of course, are involved with this ministry, but many are like, wait, where? They're Googling right now. Swaziland, that's what it is. So just tell us why this country, what's kind of prompting some of these partnerships in the first place with Adventures mm. and Missions? Back in, I guess it was early, like Beggy said, early 2000s, 2003, 2004, God called some of Ames leadership over to this tiny country in Southern Africa. And um, AIM is AIM, Adventures in yes. Missions. Yes. Just so we're Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we, they were called over to, you know, do like a vision trip, and uh, the country is just ravaged by HIV and AIDS. The middle generation was just dying out at mm-hmm. alarming numbers. And highest in the world, right? Yeah, Those highest, rates. highest rates in the world. And then um, so many kids were orphaned, and they're living with their grandmothers or, or people in the community that would just take them in. Um, so there was a huge need, even at that time, just for feeding Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of malnutrition kids and things. So they, Adventures and Missions, answered the, the call and started partnering there. We um, partnered with a local pastor. He got us connected with like eight communities originally, started those original eight care points. God has really just grown it from there. Uh, a care point, and of course, we were kind of early on in that to say, what what does this look like? And, and essentially, and the numbers were at that time pretty pretty startling. The population in the country had dipped below a million, but the numbers of orphaned kids, fifteen and under, were close to two hundred thousand. Wow! And so it was. It was a, you know, I say that with such a heavy heart to even say that, but it was. It was, goodness, goodness. Um, there was there was opportunity mm-hmm. to support the country. Essentially, there were geographic spots that Bomage, which is mm-hmm. another word for 
mother or kind of grandmother uh, women would have these kind of big iron pots and, and be cooking the food that was available and kids were literally kind of coming out of their remote homesteads and knowing this is a place I can eat. And what was so helpful with the um, organizations and the NGOs that were in the area was to say, let's kind of start calling these different areas care points. There's a point that you come to for some care. (laughs) And so we were like, what's a care point? Well, it's a point that the kids can come to for care, which at that time was food. And so the care point that that we were offered the opportunity to kind of start supporting financially Mm -hmm. and with visits and things like that was called Mm Umkumukati. And those were the 66 kids that they started, you know, profiling. And now there's 38, I think. 39. 39 care points um, in the country. So 8,000 or so kids. Close. Um, This is a country the size of like New Jersey, right? It's not a. Mm -hmm. It's not a huge place. I just wanted to jump in there and just say this is this is kind of what a care point is. So capital at that time made the agreement to say we will partner with, support, visit, pray, whatever it was going to be. This Mm -hmm. Mukombokati care point. And lots has happened since then, which I don't have to get into at this very moment. But anyway, that was that's the system and that's the structure. And at that time, it's grown to, yeah, it was food, but certainly grown to provide all kinds of resources Mm -hmm. to the children and the adults. The other big thing um, Mm -hmm. about that whole HIV and AIDS Mm -hmm. pandemic that ravaged the country, a lot of people lost hope. Mm -hmm. So Adventures and Missions, we are a Christian organization like many others, but we wanted to make sure that they they're reintroduced to to Christ, who is the hope of glory, you know, who can restore hope in them and yeah, show them that they have a future uh, much as they have seen hell yeah. Yeah, at a very tender age uh, yeah. for most of them. And the adults as well, they, they've had lots going on um, mm-hmm. of difficulties that they really needed. You know the love of Christ under that umbrella of caring for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why when established care points, uh, really it was a place of um, safety for the children, and it was a place of love and togetherness, and just be there for one another and be positive that the Lord is in control. He's going to make a way out of all the difficulties um, that are there. So hope was. Yeah. a big need uh, and the Lord has helped us through to restore that yeah. home. Uh, Talk to us about how, like how has that happened? You know, th- th- a lot of times passed since early 2000s and now, and there's been so many things that God's been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to fast forward too quickly, but can you kind of walk us through some of the exciting things that you've seen over time? I'll start with, uh, you know, the fact that when it, everything started, it was more about food because uh, many children were hungry. But very quickly, we we wanted to make sure that they are discipled. They can learn about Christ. They can get some Bible lessons that will build them up and, uh, um, yeah, make them aligned with what God wants for their own lives. So most of these children that we work with they are 
in school, most of them. So this is an after-school program. Uh, those that are very young, they they spend most of their day at the Cape Point, but the older, the little older ones, they go to school in the morning and then uh, in the afternoon, and they come to the Cape Point to eat and then play. And then that's when we get an opportunity to have some planned lessons to make sure that we build them up. So in terms of that, we have worked on some discipleship curricula that are very firm on scripture and uh, mm -hmm. the heart of God as the creator and the lover of human beings, really. That's the big thing that we want people to know and to see. So that's one thing that we've done. And the other thing that we have created is a grief support uh, mm -hmm. or grief counseling curricula. Uh, to take them through some stages of grief and processing loss, going through all the difficult things uh, people were, you know, needed that to, to get to a place where they feel it's okay to feel the pain. I just need to process it correctly. I just need to release it uh, at the right place and mm. not find yourself doing the wrong things because it's so painful and yeah. you're so emotional. Mm. You don't know what what to do with your emotions. Mm. Um, so we, we built a curriculum that is helping children process that. It started with children uh, recently with Chester, modified it to accommodate adults as well mm. because we've needed that for a long time. Wow. And it's it's been very effective uh, and it helps them to to be emotionally healthy and connect better with one another and help each other well when they know that, okay, I've got, it's safe here. I've got people that are going through like me, but it's okay for us to share and to, to move forward. Uh, the name of the program is called Nesikazi, and that's a sweaty word, but it literally means finding healing in the arms of time. You may not have the answer now, but over time, the Lord will help you through the process to find the healing that you, you require. Um, so that, those have been our biggest uh, program to take people through a journey of spiritual formation and spiritual healing. Uh, but we've uh, um, also invested so much in leadership development, uh, especially for the young people. That's one of the programs that I was involved in pioneering. It, as I continue to be part of this organization, and it's been my biggest passion to pour into young leaders who would go back to the different communities and pour into this kept on kids uh, who have been going through a lot. Uh, I want to I want to pause on that because I I feel like that that particular evolution's been probably pretty central to the success of of Ames' work um, is the development yeah. of leaders from within yeah. care points because yeah. you know there's this this book you know I read before we went on this on my Swazi trip. Um, when helping hurts. And I remember a concept from that is this distinction between relief provision and developmental mm -hmm. work. And I think we can talk a lot about that and I'd love to, but, you know, particularly with, you know, from your experience, even you, you're talking about developing leaders from within mm -hmm. this country um, to, to provide the, the help and, and next steps needed Um Talk to me more about that from your personal experience and, and maybe Greg chime in from like an organizational perspective, like mm -hmm. 
how that has worked in Swaziland um, from, from what you've seen. And the testimony to that is there's 100 people on staff. Mm-hmm. And that was built over time from this leadership development program yeah. of picking, yeah. of having, you know, 10 or 12 kids each from, you know, from the different care points every year going through this program and, and coming into their own awareness yeah. that they can be leaders right. and being trained and loved. And I'll only answer that more, but yeah. that says something. Mm-hmm. hundred yeah. people. The leadership development program has been a joy as we've seen the, the ministry grow because really it is it is the future, it is the sustainability because uh, these young people, they are the future um, of the country. The young people are the future of every society. So if you invest in them, then you invest in uh, nations, really. So for us, our focus when we were looking into the future of the nation of Eswatini to start, um, otherwise we're really um, raising them to be influencers wherever the law will take them, beyond just uh, Eswatini. Mm-hmm. We were looking at the, at the character that um, for leaders to really be effective and make the difference that is required, they have to be grounded in who they are in Christ and have solid character that can make them uh, survive every environment that this life will ever bring them into. Uh, if your character is solid and you've got God on your side, then you can go through everything. I remember personally one of the verses that the Lord put in my heart when I first started into being a care point disciple uh, in Galatians for the verse that is talking about uh, uh, I am in birth pangs until Christ is formed in you. So what the Lord said to me is that these children and these young people, the best thing you can do for them is to facilitate the formation of Christ in them. Uh, because Christ, once he's fully formed in them, life can throw them anywhere. You're not going to be with them forever. Mm. But wherever life will throw them, then Christ will be able to sustain them and help them to transition to whatever next stage that life has for them mm. so it is always for me it has always been focusing on christ may you be formed christ may you be the lord and the sustainer and the source and the, the uplifter of them so that they can look beyond just mere human beings and to you mm. um, and then they'll have that hope that they need mm. yeah so it's been mainly focusing on building character uh, and then establishing sound spirituality and make sure that then they're aligned mm-hmm. in with their God-given dreams. The other thing we've realized is that uh, in all the issues that we have in the community or in societies, it's because uh, people are not in the right place. They're not where they're supposed to be in terms of what their creator has made them for. So if you're not in your right place, you're not doing the thing that you're cut out for, it's very easy for you to to cause issues, sometimes even without realizing that I'm actually uh, causing issues. So for us in our Leadership Academy, we we wanted these young people to, uh, first of all, to be cleaned out 
because everyone has got junk and then be aligned with uh, uh, the Lord, you know, like, uh, you know, all the, the pain that I've experienced, have a way to get that out and have people that are safe place to confide to and then mentor them through processing that and being okay that it happened there's nothing i can do about it but the lord has got a future for me mm-hmm. and then starting have them start to dream dreams that are in line with the you know the heart of god uh dreams that are not selfish in the way that you it's your dream but it's going to enrich you and everything but it is uh harming people in the society dreams that will bring add value to other people dreams that will uplift other people while we are also uh getting successful and also aligning people with their passions doing something that they are passionate about because if you do that then you are able to make a difference and you are able to um endure whatever hardship that you can face in that trek that the lord has had had you on and you can really be the difference yourself then believe the the person from where they are to a better place so i was and i'm drawing a blank on the name of it i don't know why sapi ways i was just thinking the tap on the shoulder and how god is leading um what her program is Hope. Gift of hope. Yeah, yes, I was. I kept wanting to say heart of hope, but it's gift of hope. <laughs> Wonderful example of how God is using the leaders that have come up, and yeah. this young lady has like had a baby and got married, but and left. But now she's come back, um, mm. and she's her heart is for these teenage girls that are getting pregnant, and mm. we had a huge number of those during COVID. Um, mm. then we saw that they're leaving the care point and like, we, like, we got to do something, you know? Mm. So reached out to Speedway and she was like, and that's her heart, you know? So she's like, absolutely. I want to come back and, and pilot this program. Um, so she named it gift of hope mm. and it's, she just did like a trial, um, session with, uh, a care point with Tawani care point. They did an eight-week course, and she took five, was it five young mothers? Teen mom, like young teen, teen moms. moms. Uh-huh. Brought them together, uh, talked with the ladies at the care point and said, hey, I have this. I want, you know, we want to do this program. What do you think? And do you have any young girls in mind that could benefit? So they collaborated and worked together, and they identified these five girls. They did an eight-week program. They brought their babies, and, and again— they're shunned. So if you have a, you know, a baby at a, at a teen, your family, mm-hmm. they you just, they're done with you. And so, you know, just here, just, just like, just got a report from her and it was amazing. I was like, you know, I was telling Beggy, I was like, I just had tears in my eyes because Michelle's been kind of prompting it along. Like, Hey, we've got to reach these girls. We got to reach these girls. We got to reach these girls. What are we going to do? And then Sapiway, like, and you're talking about the Lord tapping someone yeah. on the shoulder, taps Sapiway. Um, and then yeah. she said, okay, yeah, I want to do this. Who can understand. And I want to, right, and I want to do it. And so she did it. And, you know, just hearing a couple of the stories from those girls, like, Hey, it was so wonderful. Thank you for this program to bring us together. 
And I see that there's other people in my situation that I've been hidden at home and I don't ever get to talk to anybody. You know, I don't get to show my baby off, you know. And so they have gotten together every week and twice a week and they've they've built mm-hmm. a community, right? Mm-hmm. Those five girls and their babies and um, even one of the the you know the mother had kicked the the girl out mm. so some people is like how can we mend this relationship and started mm. talking and talked and then went to the the uh, girl's mom's work and started talking to her oh. organized a meeting with, with her and the daughter got them back together they reconciled now she's living back at home and the mother is has accepted her and is proud of her and it's like wow, wow this is you know the reconciliation and right. the redemption right just, and the grace. Right. Right. That's just another example amazing. of how God is like, yeah. hey, we, we've we got these, you know, this this group of, we need to get to them. We need to minister to them. And, yeah. you know, she's just teaching them that God uses imperfect people. Jesus yes. used imperfect people to, yes. Yes. Um, you know, to minister and disciple. Mm-hmm. And it, just because you, you had a child, it's not the end shame. of the world. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, Jesus forgives and just that whole thing is just like and, and she said in her report they're, they're like new people mm. I mean their their whole demeanor has changed yeah wow so that's going to be coming online at the other care points as well as her program grows and it's going to need traction and I can see it just wow. you know getting really really big wow. she's actually gone to Mkombagati to start the process talk to the ladies to identify the, the girls um so that may be going by the time you get there. I don't know. You know, like mm. there's, it takes a little while sometimes for these things to mm-hmm. develop. So, um, wow. So yeah, it's uh, super exciting, and I'm just I'm blown away all the time how God is just steps in and and He uses our local staff. Yeah, those yeah. leaders. Yeah. Been, I mean, through the program, yeah. you know, she's went up through the pro- came up through the program. She had a similar like little thing at the care point that she was at. And then she got married yeah. and moved away, and now she's mm-hmm. back. And it's like it's like wow, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's, amazing. That's a testimony of someone following their passion. Yeah, you know, yeah. She has always been passionate about, yeah, you know, helping um, young people. Um, I yeah. think this is an, an incredible part of the organization that you've built has been that. When these young students and young adults come through, they they actually have access to kind of a dream fund. Yes, yes. And after they serve at the care point and are a discipler at the care point and a shepherd, and in and volunteer and help help kids for a while, they are then blessed yeah. to kind of follow that dream. And as I reflect back on this long, you know. 15-year partnership or whatever it's been and i think about some of those young men and women who Mm -hmm. for example kolani Mm -hmm. who felt his dream and his passion was sports Mm -hmm. and has Mm -hmm. built a sports ministry that young um care point kids have tournaments and learn to work on teams together and Mm -hmm. i think about Londiwe. Whose passion is music mm-hmm. and has developed a music ministry, mm-hmm. and there's huge choirs, and mm-hmm. the kids are able to see, oh, this is something I'm good at. This is something I'm gifted at by God. Mm-hmm. Something I love, and so there are just so many great examples of how the ministry branches yeah. from the root 
from the tree of the ministry, yeah. the branches that have dug in to develop mm. these roots based on what am I gifted at? What do I love? Mm. What's my dream? Where am I aligned? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm in the mm. rhythm right. of God's grace in my life. And it's been incredible just to create yeah. space to provide those opportunities and, mm-hmm. and resource yeah. those, those young men and women to mm-hmm. impact and influence, like you said, yeah, so many kids. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a victory, but yeah, obviously right. God's victory. Yeah. But it's, it's a um, measurable fruit, right. yeah. which you don't always get to see mm-hmm. in, in, yeah. in, in ministry, life right. and in life with God. You're, yeah. you're like, oh, I just want a little. Getting some fruit. Right. And um the beauty of reflection mm-hmm. now, so many years later, is you get to see some, some right. fruit. Yeah. yeah. It's so neat to see how God just has grown the local leaders were talking about them and like you said, the sports ministry and the music ministry and then um and then it we have now a special needs ministry yes, and that's right you know some of our, our our local staff were finding these kids that were locked in their homes and mm. because they're shunned by society if if you have a defect or a, a special need and um they're like wow this is this is not okay and mm-hmm. so they started la balagugu um which is means treasured ones so now they're um they have a la balagugu program and they're um, ministering to the families now as well yeah. because they're saying, hey, this is not a curse. This is, you know, this is a gift of God. Your child is a gift of God and walking them through that process. So they're changing a the whole mindset with mm. their parents. Um, so it's been really just awesome to see how God has even developed that. And um, just through these local leaders, I mean, that's, you know, all products of leadership development. And then going back, I guess, to your original question with um, mm-hmm. like organizational view and yeah. then starting early on, mm-hmm. um, and you were talking about when helping hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we went in as a organization that didn't want to be an aid organization only. Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have to go in and provide aid. You have to provide food. You know, our early on vision, you know, even as now, is like we wanted to see Swazis leading Swazis. Swazis taking care of Swazis, not, you know, the Westerners there. And yeah. um, so it's been really neat to see that develop. That takes you into the leadership development mm-hmm. and like seeing how they're now they're leading. Uh, we uh, we want to see uh, people come from a receiver and go to a contributor, mm-hmm. um, especially in the communities. Like we want to see these people now that's been, you know, part of this program that are now contributors and they're um, contributing in the communities and we get to a point where we're not needed, right? Mm -hmm. We can move on and, and, you know, do other things or whatever, but that's, you know, that's our overall vision and it has been from the beginning. And we've tried to keep our focus on that of like, you know, Mm -hmm. this is, this is the main thing and we need to do this, glorify God through it and just Mm -hmm. give him all the glory. And, Um, yeah, so it's been it's been so amazing just to see, even the short time that we lived there, the six years that we were there, just how he's grown the ministry and uh, grown the local leaders, and just been, you know, it's just so so amazing. It, it kind of makes me ponder an interesting question. Interesting in my mind, like at what point is Ames work done? Mm-hmm. Like, what's you know, it's 
uh, it's just an interesting question. I mean, there's always yeah. more development and there's always, you know, relations to be built yeah. and all of that. But I think it was like, as Beggy was saying earlier, like as we see these care points become community centers mm-hmm. and it's not we're helping them provide the programs, but they're they've got the people in the community teaching the mm-hmm. different programs. And that's where people in the communities can come and learn and use that as, as their thing. And like they're, they're feeding, they're providing the food for the kids. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. I thought that was, that was such an interesting shift in language mm-hmm. over the last couple of years yeah. Um, yeah. to this sort of new vision that, that aim um, has and that Becky's leading from. Which is a, a shift in, in some language from benefactor mm. to contributor, yeah. which is a shift in language to this is about family strengthening mm. yeah. the whole family, yeah. Yeah. not just These programs kids. for the children. Mm. And we're so excited about that, um, bringing the whole family into the into the, the care point, getting to know the whole family. That has been a really just, I don't know, kind of a palpable shift mm. in strategic direction. I mean, and to your point also, Greg, with um, something really exciting that's happening with Capital, our next step, we've been so blessed over the years when we've put a call out to our Capital community about a physical need at the care point, whether that was a well Mm -hmm. or a garden or a new multipurpose building or a playground. playground. Oh, my gosh, that was the best thing ever, (laughs) Um, seeing that actual playground being built. But what's happening right now is we are in the process of building a – or. We are all collectively mm-hmm. in the process of building a computer lab, mm-hmm. which is so, so, so exciting. But the email we received was, here's a photo of the CarePoint Council getting together mm-hmm. to discuss this. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's representatives from the community mm-hmm. and representatives from the staff mm-hmm. and the kind of the, the regional cooks. team mm-hmm. and the cooks. Those mm-hmm. are the Bamage that have been cooking there since yeah. 2006 mm-hmm. that, that they talk about where is this going to go. And what's this going to look like? And let's talk about the process. Mm-hmm. And so that shift to the leadership of the community mm-hmm. is the community. Yeah. That was the hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and for you, Tara, to be leading our part of this ministry, yeah. to be getting an update like that, as opposed to be like contributing to a discussion about the United States. Yeah. <laughs> well, that I cry happen. every time. I mean, well, I walk sure. in the door today and but I cry. I so I get the emails and I cry. And I see, I see these precious buildings that I need to hug with my own hands <laughs> yeah. in October. But I see these, I see Jabushoba and I see, mm. who was there? Jabushoba and I think Spongile. Mm. And then some, um, you know, just members of the community standing yeah. around talking about what's best for their land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For yeah. their land. Right. Right. For their right. land to, yeah. to, to multiply and, and and to their territory. That is better than anything we'll ever build. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That's yeah. better than anything we'll ever build. Yeah. Any food we'll ever, a yeah. meal we'll ever share. It's just that's the power to see themselves empowered mm-hmm. and strengthened to own these decisions um, as a community working together, mm. which can be tricky sometimes. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's pretty yeah. darn, pretty darn special. Yeah. I don't know if you had wanted to say anything about that family strengthening strategic vision that really God gave you all. Mm-hmm. It's been a wonderful time to transition into that because really over the years we've realized that for what we've always been doing with these children to be sustainable, we need the the parents, we need the adults to be on board and also to take it 
further and further because um, if it's just adventures and missions and the partners from outside, then it's not very sustainable. Once the kids reach a certain point and they're plugged back into the community, they've got no context of what has been happening in you. And so mm. it's very easy to train that out of them. So we just wanted to join hands with the community and then rally behind them and really let them be the heroes in the story of these young lives shaping up to what God wants them to be. That was the idea that brought about the need for family strengthening, that we wanted to open the gates uh, of the Cape Horn, that let the guardians come uh, and be empowered as well. Because some of them, they've been seeing you know, the difference and the changes out of the children that, oh, you've been through the discipleship program. There'd been many reports going to the shepherd that, oh, my child has been this and that, uh, which was very encouraging. But we, we were like, okay, let's get them on board and see what we can do to empower them and then partner with even local organizations or local individuals who have got different skills that we can tap into to meet pertinent needs in each community that we, we work at mm. to make sure that these families are, are strengthened in a holistic way. Also create an environment where they can collaborate, work together as families and taking their own community uh, forward, you know, not hating each other and, you know, just mm. ripping each other apart mm. through different behaviors that are not good. Just an example of how these ministries, the the passion of, of someone saying, this is where I feel God is calling me, and I'm going to create this space and this opportunity, and then for you know people find it and realize that's what they're passionate about, and they're aligned, and then it's just the divine magic of God that just does orchestrates incredible things. Uh, through that, that particular lane of ministry, but one of my favorite memories from all these teams over these years has actually been of my colleague, Kelly Preston, who you met earlier. Kelly was recently at Capitol, and she decided to go on the trip. And she said, I remember sitting with her in her office and saying to me, I don't know why I'm going. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know why. Like, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I know I'm supposed to, and I'm going to go. But I just don't know. I just anyway. She was just really wrestling with that, as people do with big, mm-hmm. right? I just mm-hmm. know I'm supposed to do this, God, but I don't know why I'm supposed to do this right now, and mm-hmm. financially, and all the pieces, right? Right. On the trip, she had this experience of going on a homestead visit, mm-hmm. and she ended up going to a home with a child who had special needs. Mm-hmm. And who was not verbal, Mm -hmm. but she was in the back of the house, Mm -hmm. kind of pushed in the way back, Mm -hmm. like like in the yard back, like so nobody could see this child. Mm -hmm. And she saw her, and she went to the back, Mm -hmm. and she just sat with this child, and hummed and sang (laughs) and and prayed for this child. And it was a half an hour. Mm -hmm. And she came back and she said that's why i was supposed to go Mm. that half hour was the reason i went right was to see that child look in that child's eyes and have that child look in my eyes Mm. (laughs) and just announce the presence of god in that child's space and so it's just so often that we 
do this thing, right? And say, and then never know how God's going to use it. Right. Mm. And to go 24 hours to fly there right. for 10 days and 12 days, but <laughs> yeah. for that one half an hour, and it was worth it. Yeah. Mm. It was yeah. worth it. Mm. So, maybe that was just a little story wow. we can cut, but yeah. I, I, I will not ever forget that. Yeah. I wanted to mention briefly, um, sort of also, while the family strengthening strategic uh, direction and strategic vision is so excited, exciting as a springboard for us as, as partners to um, start to think about how we're using our team time or funds mm-hmm. or whatever that looks like. There's another really exciting physical piece of land uh, there called Umdoni. Mm-hmm. And Umdoni is a big farm mm-hmm. that was actually per. The land was purchased by someone in Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. just completely paid for in cash. Mm-hmm. And it is now becoming the birthplace mm-hmm. of a whole new ministry. I don't know. I didn't know if you wanted to just kind of mention that. I know it's kind of separate mm-hmm. from what you, it's a little separate, but also connected yeah, and very, very, very exciting. But it really is part of the future. Yeah. The exciting future. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as Tara said, it's a it's a wonderful piece of farmland. Um, They were originally uh, growing pineapples there, but we do a lot of prayer and and vision casting um, as we were thinking about family strengthening and then leadership development. God just said, hey, I want you to use this land for those things um and they're already well on the way of doing permaculture training uh getting all that the groundwork done for that getting that set up and the the idea is to invite people from these communities that that we're involved with uh to come and learn how can i do permaculture to support my family at home Mm. to to live at home and also training students there at the farm to go out into the communities and also in a greater capacity work with those families in the communities of that very thing, permaculture and, you know, using what they have there. The self-sustaining on their land. skills. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Cutting edge and pretty, yeah. some pretty cutting edge stuff right. on those vlogs. So of, it's super exciting and just and like Tara said, a brand new thing yeah. and just being developed now. And, but it's also well on the way there's, Brandon and Melinda Babb that were mm-hmm. there from Salt Lake. There, mm-hmm. there's a lot of vlogs, video. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. If you want to go check it out and see what it's all about, but mm-hmm. um, also just the the leadership development side too. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've um, there's you know currently buildings being built to right. teach uh, the students in and to house the students, mm-hmm. and um, we it like we've we. We talked earlier about developing leaders and leadership development. We were sending our students to Jeffreys Bay uh, to a LXP program. Over the years, with visa problems and things, it just became almost impossible to get them there mm. uh, for the eight months that they needed to be out of the country. Mm. Um, so it has now come back to Eswatini, and we have this leadership mm-hmm. development program, and we uh, mm-hmm. actually have a class in training now for New Shepherds for next year. And so it's that's going to be done there at Umdoni. And mm-hmm. then uh, the vision is one day to see skills training. 
So as maybe a, a guest house is developed or a, maybe if a restaurant comes online mm-hmm. or something, you know, it's skills training and it's providing jobs, mm-hmm. um, yeah. skills so people can go out and look for those jobs and say, I have experience. I'm yeah. trained, you know, so very exciting. Uh, lots mm. going on there with that project and just neat to see how yeah. God's using it and how he's, you know, you can kind of start seeing down the road of um, yeah. just a little bit of his vision for it. And yeah. um, But just so exciting just to see, you know, William from one of the communities mm-hmm. that um, from the Ngunguani community. Mm-hmm. And now he's leading the permaculture mm-hmm. initiative out there. And he was a le- leadership student. Mm. Shepherd at the Care Point has come up through the program. Wow. And now he's leading this thing i mean wow. just super exciting and yeah and he he's such a serial entrepreneur and mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah go-getter and he's a great mobilizer of community he's got a great yeah. heart for people in the community so he's such a strategic leader to be there to mm-hmm. uh really encourage people that let's let's do this um uh, it can work because really the the idea of the Mdoni campus it's about building resiliency within mm-hmm. people that mm-hmm. uh let's 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 make it work let's stick to it let's experiment even because it's it's also more of a laboratory where people can uh, experiment and new things and be okay to try it over and over um and if they fail it's okay then they'll figure out the right way to do it uh, other than because mm-hmm. the other thing that happens when people are trying things out is that they are afraid of they're afraid of being of, of failing yeah. you know that i will look bad and i'll be shameful and mm-hmm. uh, i'll be ostracized um, so there we want people to to try it out uh, and figure out what's the best way to do it and then keep innovating if there's something mm-hmm. we want to know what's what's the you know what's the new way that we can that can give us efficiency uh, and uh, uh, competitive advantage uh, yeah. and all of that, and more skills. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been interesting. And with the permaculture, it's not just about farming. It's a lifestyle of making sure that things are feeding into each other and mm-hmm. uh, you are helping the environment be sustainable in that you use whatever is, is there and recycle things. Yeah, it's been cool to see the students just leaving that out whenever yeah. they go out to their um, homesteads. It's, it's amazing, this headquarters. Like, it's yeah. a campus yeah. Yeah. for all the pieces of yeah. of what what your mission is. Mm-hmm. All the pieces of the holistic, the development yeah. of, of the person, the specific skills training, the use of the land, yeah. creating different kinds of hospitality opportunities for young people to, like you said, get some experience. It's just, it's this incredible space yeah. that provides all those opportunities to further the vision. Yeah. Right. So many of these stories are just reminding me of, or just, you know, encouraging me in obedience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, say yes, Yep. to this <laughs> this call that you feel and you've heard from God and watch and see, yep. you know, his faithfulness is true. Um, and here sure. we're talking about this ministry that's, you know, 20 some years, right? And how much more so mm. the story of our big God in, mm-hmm. yeah. in our world, you know? Right. 
say yes and watch and see. That's right. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an an incredible dose of that. (laughs) And the hope. That word hope just keeps sort of ringing in my head in all of this. We can be so narrowly focused on problems. Right. And this thing that we want to fix or, you know, or that doesn't feel fixable, I guess. And, right. and just the hope that you're growing in, yeah. in, the, in the kids and then giving them because of all these now that they can look up to right. and see, mm-hmm. you know, all of you yeah. who have, who have, you know, chosen this path. And um, I think the other thing you're right, the obedience that, that speaks to me in this conversation is developing as sheep with a shepherd um, hearing from God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hearing from God. Right. Feeling that tap. Mm-hmm. Hearing those words. Mm-hmm. And that can be a foreign yeah. first right. How do I hear from God? Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to be obedient to what he's mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. But developing that relationship yeah. as a sheep with a shepherd, mm-hmm. to know his voice and to mm-hmm. hear what he's asking us to do. Right. And the trust. Um, of following through yeah, with with, right. with what he's asking, but that's the other thing that I think yeah. is inspiring in your stories mm. is having t- yeah. put the time into the relationship with Jesus yeah. to be able to hear mm. when he's calling, mm-hmm. and that's not a switch we flip. No, mm-hmm. that's time. Right, that's just time with God over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. and some maturity. This has been such a treat, you guys. Uh, Such a privilege to just for us hear. as well. <laughs> Thank, Thank you for. Yeah. For what you're doing and for yeah. sharing today, both. Yeah. May God strengthen yeah. you, Thank you, each of you, Amen. and can continue to be sensitive to that mm-hmm. spirit of what he's calling you to next. And Becky, what he's calling you to next is to get married on September mm-hmm. 25th. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and may God strengthen your new family um, so, that you will have grateful. with your incredible fiance, Erica, and um, the incredible plan that he has for your lives individually and your lives together it's been good thanks so much for listening if the term Eswatini and Ngomgati are new to you but you feel inspired maybe tapped right to to know more um, we encourage you to be obedient to that and we'll throw Um, resources in the show notes so you can learn all about this ministry and and all that's going on there there's Um, lots of opportunities to go visit we've got mm -hmm. a team visiting October 2022 and Mm -hmm. another trip planned for June of 2023 there are opportunities to give we've got that computer lab going and Mm -hmm. we're excited to have the resources to be able to and to sponsor are there are there Sponsor. I think we are, might be fully sponsored, but there are always there's always an opportunity to to get your name out there if, if there's a new child that comes up, which which often happens. So mm-hmm. there's lots of ways to, get, to involved. get involved um, and to bless and be blessed as yeah. both of us can yes, personally, personally attest to both um, by this amazing ministry. So check out those yeah. show notes. Shoot an email swaziland yep. at capitalchurch.com. We keep that old school name <laughs> and, and let us know how you like to be involved. And we'd love to answer your questions. Yep. And we'll be back with you in a couple of weeks. Salani Kotli. <laughs>